bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. And thank God there wasn't really any news this week other than, I guess, Trump being disgusting at CPAC (laughs) and the Tom and Ariana bullshit because we drove to Vegas to see Adele and that is all that we are thinking about. Literally all. I mean, CPAC, I saw some CPAC stuff and all I could think of was like, hello. Yeah. Just, no, you will not no. ruin this now. None of you. Now, you already have a little bit of a, a an obsessive personality in terms of like, for example, we're going to go see Scream. Is it six? 70. I, I, <laughs> I, don't I don't even, even know, know which one. I don't know. But we already watched. You had not seen any of the Screams. No. Now we watched Scream 1 together. But that's, I mean, on any given day, you're going to watch all of them. So that's kind Correct. of your thing. Yes. So we, it's like after we went to the haunted fucking Hollywood nights, horror nights. Yeah, exactly. Then you became obsessed with uh, haunted mansions, yep. the movies in the thing. Mm-hmm. It was like, so it's already kind of on brand for you. But I don't know. I got the same feeling that I, I have when I have dreams about people. Mm. where I'm like, wait, do I have like a special connection with her? Like, but it's so dumb. Like we were in the back row. I know, but I think that's how people <laughs> feel with her. Yeah. I think every single person feels that about Adele. And that's the whole thing about Adele. <laughs> and when I was looking around, like, you know, during the concert, people were holding their own selves, yeah. clutching their hearts, like looking at her like they were looking at their mother, their sister, their girlfriend, their boy. Like, yeah. it's like she just... She's also annoying the same way the mother, the sister, the girlfriend, the boy. You know, it's yep. like we see we see Adele as the three-dimensional human being that she is. We're not yeah. just a, we're not just blindly in love. We see that Adele is annoying. Right. Uh, yes. In fact, I think hello is annoying. Hello? Yes, <laughs> I would agree. But my fucking goddamn flawless, flawless, the bitch's fucking voice is incredible. And it's the accent, it's the humor, it's all of it. It's just all and of it. And slow clap to whoever, whatever roadie production designed that show. Because Gorgeous. that is one of the most beautiful, yep. um, just, it was incredible. Now, I did want to say um, to our 14 listeners, anyone that's not um, subscribed to our Patreon podcast, we did do our most recent Patreon podcast about our trip to Vegas. It wasn't, I mean, it was a slightly lackluster. We were tired, Mm -hmm. but, you know, for those uh, listeners that like a narrative, that like a storytelling, Mm -hmm. because our Patreon's going to get very kooky. Kooky. Yeah. This one was just, you know, a beginning, middle, and end story about us going to Vegas. We actually tried to do 
uh, Patreon on our way to Vegas because we do a lot of um, remote recording. Mm -hmm. And you were sober, but I was drunk <laughs> mm -hmm. as we were driving through um, on the Crystal Meth Highway through the Crystal Meth Outlet Malls. Yes. It, the audio fucked up. The, the equipment fucked up. So we didn't mm -hmm. get to use it. So we just came home and did it when we got home. But if that sounds appealing, I do want to encourage people to subscribe to our Patreon podcast. We do two a week, every week. They're both an hour. They're both a dollar. Just go to our website, julianbrandy.com, or you can click on the link in the description of this episode. Um, if you want to try it out for free, you know, just click on the link. You can try it out for free. We are planning lightly, meow meow, on discussing the Vanderpump drama right. on our Patreon podcast, mm -hmm. but we aren't completely sure if we are going to or if we even want to, quite frankly. There's enough podcasts and Instagram lives mm. and YouTube, mm -hmm. you know, channels dedicated to that whole thing at this point. But I will say we did host the Vanderpump Rules after show which was the only dedicated after show ever to be aired on Bravo mm -hmm. for any of their shows. There has never been an after show. Watch What Happens Live is not a dedicated after show. That's right. a nightly, late night talk show mm -hmm. that's on every night. Mm -hmm. We had the only after show ever on Bravo. It was for Vanderpump. So we worked with that entire cast and our show was actually produced by the same production company that does Vanderpump Rules. So, I mean, in terms of the take or the breakdown of it all, I would say that other than Sheena, Lala, Katie, Stassi, their podcasts or the podcasts by anyone else from the current or former cast or the families, we, I would say other than those people, have, I would say, the most inside perspective. I mean, we got to know them. We got to hang out with them. We we, we liked all of them. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we do have zero vested interest in that show. I do want to say quickly, you know, we hope for the best for, for them. Of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. We hope that Tom and Ariana live, go live their best lives. Of course. that I would hope that goes without saying. I don't know if we'll do this. If we do, it, it's definitely, most definitely going to be on the Patreon. And it'll be probably on the $2 one. Um, but we'll see. Much like the Will Smith slap, our opinion about this whole uh, scenario is um, controversial, insensitive, um, and is inevitably I'm, I'm now going to be quite unpopular. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yes, <laughs> I think so. I would imagine so. But people should check out our Patreon podcast regardless. In general, it's not specifically about Bravo or Housewives or gossip or whatever. It's about whatever random shit we're into that week. Uh, sometimes we do original songs or deep dives on anything. Uh, food challenges, YouTube holes, travel it, whatever. And if you join, you can listen to all the old episodes, which, other than during the pandemic, are timeless. That's Evergreen. right. That's right. Because um, they're about nothing. And nothing stands the test of time. You know what I'm saying? Got Just, it. Yep. Anyway. Nothing stands the test of time. And also nothing stands the test of time. Exactly. <laughs> uh, a listener named Jamie recently joined and sent us this message. Hey, Sharks. I recently joined your Patreon and started from the beginning. I just listened to the one where you see Jojo Siwa's annoying pink car. When I tell you I fucking died at your description of what her future would be down to the exact haircut, spot fucking on. Anywho, thank you for the endless hours of entertainment through some pretty tough times. XOXO, Jamie. That's a prediction that we did in like 2020. Wow. 
in a Patreon episode entitled Goondagger, okay, <laughs> where we predicted that Jojo Siwa would become a raging fucking dyke yep. with an alternative lifestyle haircut, mm-hmm. and it all came fucking true. I mean, sorry, we're like the Long Island medium. You know she I mean? had a skin tight pulled back ponytail mm-hmm. with a receding hairline and we knew the bitch was a lesbian when she was fucking eight years old. Yeah. So this is what you're going to get. You're going to be offended, but also titillated, mm-hmm. but also charmed, but also grossed out. But then you'll come back because you'll go. They were right about Jojo Siwa. It's sometimes <laughs> like when we eat the very, very hot, spicy chicken sandwich mm-hmm. from um, Howl and Ray's. Yeah. And it's too spicy. And then you're like, oh, I can't. I can't do it. But then you have to do it. Yeah, you're addicted. Yeah, you're addicted. But you hate it, but you like it. Yeah. Hurts so good. Can't stop, won't stop. Yep. All of the above. I appreciated Jamie. There's nothing I love more than a you were right of there, course. Nothing gets me w- more WAP uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than a you were right. Mm-hmm. So, Jamie, thank you. And I mean, that just shows like you're going to go backwards in time. There's going to be lots of problems. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we don't go back and edit them. Nope. So and we have had people say, read the room. <laughs> OK, wrong road. Wrong road. <laughs> wrong road. Listen, we do our best. We do our best. Now. One of our original Patreon subscribers, like original, original, Ashley Ryder. <sighs> Ashley, Ashley, our Adele sister yep. from another mister, okay? Yep. Ashley actually could be our Adele mother. Yes. She's, she's the mother of the house of, of Adele. Adele, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. The house of hello. Now, <laughs> she she's has the voice of an angel she did patreon idol her daughter is an actual living angel with also the voice of an angel which is her voice now the one thing that i asked ashley on our patreon was does her sister oh you know what ashley this was on the patreon that we did in the car that we didn't get to use we Mm. recorded 30 minutes of it and the audio was messed up what i asked was does Ashley's twin sister, who is an identical twin, have the same beautiful voice as Ashley? So that question, we do want to know. Yes. Um, Because her daughter, I think, appears to have it. A a gorgeous voice. I mean, gorgeous. So they're like a gifted family of singers. Now, she, Ashley, gave us a Dumb Gay Politics um, Costco membership. Mm -hmm. It is a, um, I think it is for, it's a business membership for us. Mm -hmm. She gave it for my birthday back in January, and we went over there today. I need Ashley to know that we went on over to Costco because you girls needed a fucking hot dog, okay? So, and literally mm. in the email where she's like, got you the Costco, she's like, hot dogs for life. And it's the gift that's going to keep on giving. I got my co- first Costco card yep. with my pick on it. It's official. We are now... <laughs> uh costco members i mean it's the it's amazing and we did get the hot dogs and i don't know what hot it is dogs. hot dogs i don't know <laughs> what it is they're the best hot dogs ever as we were in line w- to go to get the cards julie's like okay we have paper towels all right <laughs> i see some hebrew nationals and yeah. then i was like well are they reg and she's like reg size i'm like okay well the 
the hot dogs here. We hadn't gotten the hot dog yet because we wanted to enjoy it in the shame eat in the privacy of of Julie's truck. So I'm like, we had to have a whole discussion whether the hot dogs at Costco are Hebrew National because they're so fucking good. Everybody knows you can only have Hebrew National. However, these are huge ones. Yeah. But they're all beef. Yep. And they do supposedly sell the hot dogs that you buy from the fucking stand in the store. We're going to have to do an exploration in Costco. We didn't get to do like a whole thing and shop around. We just got the cart. We got the hot dogs. Yeah. So we're going to go back. We'll do a whole but thing. But we want to we'll know out. if the hot dogs from the stand are technically right. Hebrew National. Oh, we'll find out. Well, I know there's a lot of Costco as- experts listening, at mm. least like probably 10 of the 14 listeners. So we do want to know. I don't personally ever want to buy any other hot dog besides the one they sell at the stand. I know. But we're going like to find out. They're, it's amazing. So there's a certain kind of bitch in Costco who we think is like one of our like homies, Mm -hmm. like a twin flame, like a not a twin flame, but like a flame in the same fire. Sure. And they all were walking with a solo hot dog. Okay, not they didn't have the fucking chicken thing. Mm -hmm. The great job with the Tuscan chicken, Shanice. They didn't have that. No. They didn't have pizza. No. They were walking alone, like living for the 90s with just a hot dog. Mm-hmm. And I was like mental high fives to each of them. I'm like, yeah. yeah, bitch. High five. Hot dog too. And me and you were just like strutting to the car, mm. which was parked 10 miles away. So far. The parking lot is crowded. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And just like the thing is, Ashley, is that. The reason we went and did that today is because we can't stop thinking about Adele. And all we want to do is feel close to Adele. And the only way we can feel close to Adele is by feeling close to you. And (laughs) we had to go to Costco so that we could feel closer to Ashley, who's going to make us feel closer to Adele. And we do. We do. And hot dogs. Mm -hmm. Okay, now we get to hang out with our favorite former White House intern and talk some shit. Okay, this is our segment <laughs> called Talking Shit, where we hang out with funny people and talk shit. And today we're talking to Kate Casey about the slew of recent documentaries about the Murdoch family, which culminated in a nationally televised hearing that ended Friday with a final sentencing. Now, if you're one of our original 14 listeners, you may remember that Kate was a White House intern at the same exact time as Monica Lewinsky, which we are, of course, completely fucking obsessed with. But she also hosts Reality Life with Kate Casey, which is the premiere premier podcast for all things reality TV. Mm -hmm. So there is no one more qualified to talk about these bizarro documentaries than Kate. No, no one. So without further ado, it's time to talk shit about the trash box Murdoch (laughs) murders with our friend Kate Casey. Hi, Hi, Kate. Kate. First of all, do you guys know J.B. Kaler? No. Who is that? Yeah, I feel like you do. He's a ginger and he's um, <laughs> tall. He was in the military and then he became an actor. He was on the show My Boys. Yeah, I do know exactly who that is. I yes. do not. Okay. Yes. I have to look him up. You do. I swear. It Just look up his picture. You'll okay. go, yeah, I know. I'm going to look um, him up. 
he needs to play Alex Murdoch ASAP in a Lifetime oh. movie. And he agrees with me. He's like, I'm ready to jump in whenever needed. I will suit up and play the role of Alex Murdoch because he looks so much like him. Every time I've been seeing the the case, like the court, the nationally televised court case, I'm like, oh, that actor guy has to play because he looks exactly like oh like a fucking God. actor, this guy. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, and I knew I couldn't. I'm so happy you said the dude's name because I'm like, what actor guy is that? It's that guy. It's the actor guy. Do you think that the actors that are walking the streets of West Hollywood are just hoping that there's a serial killer that looks like them that will someday become national news so they can like get themselves a really good job? Yes, yes absolutely <laughs> now sometimes i think it's sort of like uh you wish that there's somebody that you embody that you could play and you're like yes but then you go wow i look like like right. who's that one i'm supposed to play yeah the assistant oh, julie looks like the guy who's lying in congress george, <laughs> george santos, santos. <laughs> oh yeah i could see that yeah absolutely. And anna nicole smith's yeah. assistant apparently <laughs> yeah julie's gonna play not that's just somebody reached out to you we didn't think that you yourself looked at george santos and were like hmm maybe i can get like some type of <laughs> it's so funny you say that because you but know how like, like oh. a lot of women women will go oh i look just like and that's another woman and i always feel like i notice men look like me like i really mm. believe I think that Ryan Gosling and I look like we could be separated at birth. And if, <laughs> if you're asking yourself how that's possible, I will show you a side-by-side and you'll go, I totally get it. We had the same very long, skinny face, um, close-set eyes. I saw him in a karaoke bar in New York City maybe like 12 years ago. And we locked eyes. <laughs> and locked eyes in a way where it was like, did someone not tell us that we were twins? Wow. Like that much. I think that, um, yeah, mo most men who are of Irish-English descent who are, like, long in the face with close-set eyes, I'm like, mm, we're cousins. Okay, so, Kate, let's get into it. I just want you to know okay. yeah. I am most likely the only person on Earth that has not seen even one of these many documentaries about the Murdoch family. So okay, well, I'm going to tell you what I feel like I need to do at this moment because I do believe you are not the only person that has existed in this space. In fact, my own sister did not watch anything until recently and now she's obsessed so what i think i need to do is explain to you why this family is fascinating in the same way you would find somebody on a reality show or in a documentary fascinating okay okay so let me just tell the the 14 listeners there's netflix it's three episodes murdoch murders a southern scandal mm -hmm. HBO Max, three eps, Low Country, the Murdaugh Dynasty, and then yes. Discovery Plus, which is, I think, just one like mm -hmm. movie. Uh, the Murdaugh Murders, Deadly Dynasty. Now, there might be more, but I think those are the three most popular ones. Right? Oh, you could watch Dateline and 48 Hours this week, too. They're okay. all covering it. Okay. For what you need to know about the Murdaugh family. Okay. Um, there's a part of South Carolina that is so deep into the country that there's almost no industry there. The only industry that they have besides like, you know, little hamburger shops is lawsuits. <laughs> there's this weird thing in this county or in the state of South Carolina, but what they do in this county is that they sue everybody because there's some glitch in the law there that if any business does business in Hampton County, if it's a, a lawsuit having to do with a company anywhere in the country, they can sue if the company does business in Hampton County. If there is a train derailment and there's like a crash, if that train at any point goes through Hampton County, there's a lawsuit. It's like one of those things. Wow. So 
The Murdoch family has been a family that has benefited greatly from this law, this lawsuit industry. They've been solicitors for a hundred years back and having that role allows them to have so much power over the people there to the point where someone wrote me privately and said, my brother was an attorney in the eighties and played golf with the grandfather Mm. and he was about to retire. And he said, by the way, if you ever need to kill somebody, do it in Hampton County. We can take care of it. They, there, there was like an impunity you would not even believe. Like they could do absolutely everything. So what's interesting about the Murdoch case is that it sort of gets illuminated with this, with this boating crash where um, Alex Murdoch's younger son, Paul was at the, um, at the controls of a boat, a speedboat, And he was with a bunch of friends and they were drinking the boat crash crashes. And one of the kids on the boat, this beautiful girl named Mallory beach is um, ejected from the boat. And then they find her body like a week later. And because of that, Paul um, was probably going to go to jail for the rest of his life were they in high school at the time i'm just curious out of high school so like 19 years old but he was like a raging drunk um totally unchecked behavior all the time in fact this is how uh, absurd this place is after the boat crash and they all have to go to the hospital there's one kid who has like a huge gash in his face nobody can find where mallory is alex murdoch who just went to trial he shows up with his father and they somehow get access to all these hospital rooms where they're going in and talking to the kids and like trying to get them to convince, trying to convince them like, well, Connor was really the one behind the wheel, not our son, right? Like that, like how in any other part of the country that would never happen. So you have this family with the younger son. He's probably going to go to jail, but he's never handcuffed. He's never, he doesn't even get a regular mugshot. Like he's in like a, you know, like a nice J. Crew shirt in front of a wall. Like it, the, the treatment is absurd. So there's that. And then like two years later, Paul, the son and Maggie, the wife are shot and killed on the property that Maggie's now living in because she and her husband apparently were about to get a divorce. Alex, who just went to trial, had a raging uh, pill problem. He had been embezzling funds from the law, law firm. And then his younger son is about to probably go to jail, face gonna go to trial and ultimately go to jail for the rest of his life okay so him and his wife were separated at that point yeah but not that many people knew um but she she had been uh got a property in her own name and he had somehow wrangled her into going to the property that night and she had texted a friend and said um alex has been really weird so they go to the property to see paul's dogs there's like a dog kennel there and they get shot so now everybody's like, oh, my God, what the hell's going on in the low country? And now he blames somebody who's upset about the boating, boating crash has, uh, like, targeted my son. And that's the that's the person that killed them. Um, although he was, like, on the property, he called 911. Then, a couple weeks later, he's shot at in the middle of the street, but the bullet, like, grazes his head. And everyone's like, oh, my God, this horrible thing. Like, what is happening? (laughs) But then he uh, ends up admitting that he hired somebody to shoot him because um, he wanted to get um, some, like, insurance money. So the reason that's all interesting is then it unravels this whole series of orchestrated events, crimes, possible murders having to do with that family that goes even farther back than the boating accident, which includes... Buster, their hideous older son with the worst hair I've ever seen. He apparently is like in the closet and at at one point had been dating 
like secretly dating the one kid in town who was brave enough to like to, to be out. Right. And so that guy, Stephen Smith is murdered in the middle of the street years before. And it was, and it was like a completely, um, looked over case. They're like, Oh, it's a gay kid. So we're like in the low country of South Carolina, like forget about him. And now there's a connection to the Murdoch family with the oldest son in that murder. And then also the Murdoch's had a, a, a housekeeper, who happened to fall down the steps and the wife calls 911 and you've never heard somebody less interested in reporting murder. She's like, <laughs> Oh, Hey guys, like we got this lady. She's like, the bottom of stuff. She's like, whatever. She failed. So we don't know. what's interesting about mm. that is of course, Alex Murdoch represents her family in the, the, you know, for her insurance payout basically for after her death. What he doesn't tell her son from his own he, home. He, where yeah, she from died. His own home. Yeah. He okay. pocketed the $4 million and gave them a couple Skittles for their wallets, and they never knew about any of that money. So it's it basically, I think we're still going to see, even after he was just sentenced to two consecutive life sentences for the murder of his, of his wife and his son, I think more people are going to come forward and say even more things. So that's why these documentaries are interesting, because you can see the whole timeline, and you can sort of try to figure out with your own armchair psychology degree what's going on. I would say, okay, watch Low Country first, the HBO, because it kind of goes more into the financial crimes and that kind of stuff. But what's interesting about the Netflix three-part series is that it tells the story of the kids on the boat and builds out from there. So it's really more first-person accounts where you first understand in the HBO series, like, okay, what is this guy guilty of? And then it's more personalized with the Netflix. Like what like the collateral damage of all these crimes. Yeah, because HBO is called Murdoch Dynasty. So maybe that's, yeah, like more about their finances, their hold of the town and all that. And yeah, then goes into the murders in the Netflix. The people in that, that area, terrified, terrified of this family. And it almost, I asked, so I interviewed the director of the Netflix one, Jenner mm. First, and I asked him, do you still think that this family has a stranglehold on the psychology of this community, despite the fact he's on trial? And he's like, yeah, I do. Wow. Because they're all just scared and they're going to be sued. <laughs> they can't even move without getting sued. Yeah. Now, what happened in the trial? What He was on trial for just the murder of his wife and son? Yes. And so this idiot who, you know, has lived a life of extreme privilege gets away with everything and is also not only just a sociopath but a, like a former prosecutor really believed that he could testify on his own behalf and just charm the shit out of these jurors i think he thought like i'm gonna be playing to the old boys in the juror jury and they're gonna let me off and i think it backfired immensely and there was too much evidence that pointed to him to being there at, at the, that time um and also the son had his snapchat and there is audio where you can hear him in what they believe, like just minutes before the murders were were uh, occurred. You can hear Alex in the background, and it's kind of funny too because it's like the southern accents, and he, he calls his son Paul, Paul, Paul. But like, you, you, there's acronyms for everything. You have to, you need like a cheat sheet. He'll be like, "Hey, y'all, Paul, Paul, my bastard, yum, yum, yum," and you're like, "What?" <laughs> I mean, Papa, that's like someone's grandpa's name, yeah. like Mima and Papa. No, I know. I know. And by the way, I don't, I doubt, I kind of doubt he ever even called him Papa. He was just playing it up to the, he's like, these old rednecks on the jury, they're going to love me and my stories. And I also think, and Jody does too, that the, the defense set up the scene 
before the jurors on the last day went to the scene of the crime to look at, and we think that they set stuff up. Like there was a ceramic bear that said Buster. There was like a Maggie's bike in the, in, in the, in the grass. Like they set it up to look like homey, like a family had lived there. Uh, um, they should have set she, it up with all dead bodies everywhere from other disgusting hunting. Well, she did say was <laughs> she, she, um, she compared it to, when the defense went to Rockingham in the O.J. Simpson trial and that they had all this African-American art put up. Mm. It's like, and then it makes you realize like that's the, that's the iffy part when you have juries go to locations is that the defense or the prosecution may tamper with like the scene and kind of like set stuff up to get into the psychology of the juror. It's weird because I kept thinking about like the O.J. trial for whatever reason with this, I kept thinking, I wonder if there were documentaries prior to OJ ever even, you know, standing trial, if if it would have been different or like. Did, oh, 100 percent. Yeah. How much do you think that actual the documentaries have to do with the fact that justice was carried out in any sort of way here? Absolutely. I think it's helpful because, uh, listen, he murdered people in the wrong era because now we have information bias. Mm. We, we have, we know too much about what happened before the trial even begins with OJ. There was so much we just didn't know. Yeah. Um, And also I think people are just so savvy. They're so clever now. I mean, there's this documentary that's coming out on Wednesday that you guys have to watch called MH370, the plane that disappeared. And it's about that Malaysian airlines plane (laughs) that disappeared in 2014. And there are three theories given to you on what may have happened because literally it just disappeared off the radar. The transponder was turned off in the plane. Mm. And even myself, like I was watching it with my two older kids and we were like digging through files and Google and like looking things up. And my kids were like, oh, no, no, I think this happened. And like, let's look up this website. And then I had my friend who helps like FBI on, on crime cases. He's psychic. And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, the two people that worked in conjunction with the pilot, their names begin with a P and a D. And I'm looking up the flight manifest. And then I find that there are two people with a P and a D name who for- had forged documents on that plane. Ooh. Oh, my God. Wow. So weird. I just think people are like wildly um, excited to help figure out crimes. And I think OJ now would have been a completely different story. And I also think that he was very good at um, convincing the jury in Los Angeles of his innocence with his charm and all of that in a way that I think it's harder for people to do now. Well, especially when you're beloved. I mean, he was beloved, OJ. And this guy, these people are just scared of this family. Let's just do a quick rundown. So we have of Alex. Is it, how do we pronounce this motherfucking last name? Is it? It's so annoying. It's Murdog. Like, like, hey, dog. It's probably okay. like murder dog, mur- murder dog. <laughs> like in France, in French, it would be like murdo, but they're like countries. So they're like murdog. Okay, so it's dog, because I sometimes yeah. thought people were saying murdoch, then it was murda, so it's murdog. Murdog. Okay, that yeah. just doesn't roll off the tongue. No. It's not. Okay, so Alec, and now he's saying his name is Alec, but it's actually Alex. Well, I think it's like um, an Alec Baldwin thing. Like their names. Well, her name's Richard Alexander. And I think some people call him Alex and some people call him Alec. Alec Baldwin's name is spelled with a C, isn't it? Alec? Yeah, but his name, real name is Alexander. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
This guy, I fucking can't with him. So Al Alec Murdoch, he he did a ton of financial crime. So embezzlement. He was an opioid um, addict. Now, also, he had he was claiming that he was spending fifty thousand dollars a month on opioids, and I mm. think that he had like I I believe that Maggie and Paul were finding them like the pills. I suspect it'll come out that he was also a sideline, like a, on the side drug dealer. Yeah, because the money was run through. Like, mm -hmm. the, the amount of money he's embezzling and the amount of money they had and are dealing with, yeah. you can easily manage your $50,000 a month pill problem. I think it seems as though he was he was acting in the way he's dealing with a cartel or some, mm -hmm. some greater yeah. entity than him because something's making him go and make these rash decisions. Okay, so then his son... What's the son who Paul Paul murdered Paul, Mallory? Paul Paul Paul, Paul murdered Paul, Paul. the girl on the beach, but that was involuntary yeah. manslaughter, technically, even though he was drunk. Yes. But it's important to note that Popo mm. -po, um, <laughs> was a raging drunk, was violent, yeah. abused his girlfriend, he spit on her, he slapped her, her. he punched her, mm. and then mm -hmm. he called her a, like a pig whore, a slut, and then yeah. proceeded to go on. And that that that's just that night too. Okay. And then, yeah, as like we he know, was he was a horrible human being. Yeah, like good night, wig. Sorry, you're dead. <laughs> Not sorry about it. Go on. <laughs> then Buster is the older son uh, with the tragic ginger pomp, and he <laughs> maybe Literally. raped and killed his gay lover on the street with his friend. Possibly. Uh, now he showed up to trial, and there are point you could look on my TikTok. I posted video because I'm like, he is so. <laughs> embarrassed by his father's testimony he's just like are we serious um he has a girlfriend which you were like okay sure dude so he has a girlfriend who i think he may live with the with the with alex's brother maybe uh, but he has Marvin. a girlfriend yeah and he i think he works painting houses for like his girlfriend's parents company so um, i'm sure he's like uh sure can i date your daughter but can i also have a job because no one will hire me and i also think when i was watching the trial the uh, the, the the brother john marvin horrible name he presented himself to me as the fixer in the family mm -hmm. Like when the boat, mm -hmm. like he took care of the boat after the accident and then, and people got into arguments with me about it, but hear my point. After SLED, which is the acronym for the South Carolina Law Enforcement Department, after they found the bodies, somehow John Marvin says that on stand that he shows up and that he cleaned up the the rest of the crime scene like the brain matter he's like i saw my nephew's like brain matter like I splattered everywhere and i had to clean it up but i did it for paul paul and i was like why is he cleaning it up mm. that is weird and then people argued with me they're like well once sled left the scene like the onus is on you to clean it up and like is that true i mean I, I didn't think so i thought there's literally like there are actual companies that are not like hazardous waste so. but are for forensic crime scenes where they come to because body parts body blood matter not only is it yeah. evidence it's also toxic you don't just throw in the garbage you don't throw somebody's body part in the garbage so you wouldn't I thought throw it was their weird yeah john marvin's like yeah i had to mop it up and it was like brain matters everywhere my poor little paw paw that's not like, what that's that's lies. weird i think he's the fixer i think he because he's charming okay also i posted in my facebook group that there was um video of 
like two months after Maggie and Pawpaw are murdered, Buster and Alex are like at a bar, like whooping it up with their weird redneck friends. Like, yeah, what's up? Lisa? Okay, really? Your mom and your brother were just murdered? Or By the way, aren't you worried someone's going to come murder you? <laughs> Seriously. Like what? They're just... It's wacky. And they went gambling, right? Didn't they go to oh, Vegas? Yeah, they went, yeah. Oh, John Marvin and Buster went gambling, probably with the, with the drug money, for all we know. Who knows? Now, do we know anything about what happened to the dogs? This is really the thing no. I'm concerned about. I, no, we've all asked a million times. No one knows what happened to the dogs. They probably killed them all. Then, but prior to all of this, they all threw the housekeeper down the stairs. <laughs> the lady sure who got did. killed apparently threw the housekeeper down the stairs and then called 911, de- called Sled dead inside. About the also, housekeeper tripping and falling down the stairs. Mm-hmm. I think it's also important to note that Maggie, who was murdered, she remember I told you at the 911 call, she's like, hey guys, can you just like pick her up my housekeeper? <laughs> she like fell on some steps, whatever. Apparently, like also she was, she, there are like text messages between her and someone else and she is making derogatory comments about someone else that worked in the home. She's like, God, you just can't trust these damn Mexicans. Something like that. Like, I, horrible person too you could tell you knew you well, knew, julie was you thrilled just... all she said when she watched the docs was like you know what i'm thrilled because they all deserve to die i'm only sad the main guy didn't die i am i am i mean I oh, am. he'll get killed in prison i don't i maybe i guess he might get killed in prison that's true and but he's already gambling with his fucking soup packets yeah you know what? I, mean, I, I take that back he's gonna run that prison he's gonna be doing like yeah like a like bernie games yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I feel like he might not get killed there, which really bums me out because I wanted him to get run down and murdered like all of the hunting that they all do. I can't handle I can't handle that. Not every p- member of that family is um, not violently killed. From your <laughs> uh, expertise, Kate, is there any other lingering outstanding crimes and deaths? Mm. I don't care if there's a death, you know, uh, two towns over we know they did it mm-hmm. is there anything that people think is related or other crimes that were, haven't been addressed in these documentaries they do but they are not, not specifically named and then jenner the j- director of the the murdoch murders on netflix by the way he also did the fire festival one but um Ooh. he said that there are tons of leads but they didn't include them and have yet to name them specifically because there's not enough evidence. However, they were hopeful that with the airing of this and the end of the trial, that people will feel less terrified to come forward. He's very confident that we're going to find out what happened to Stephen. Oh, good. Which one's Stephen? That's the gay one. Okay. What Can I just know really quick what your theory is on Stephen? I think that B- Buster or whomever did it, it could be Buster, maybe someone else, they wanted to, him to be quiet because he probably had, you know told two friends or something like, Oh, I was with this person. I think that there is deep homophobia in that air part of the country and they can get away with any crime. Maybe they were, they wanted to just scare the shit out of them, you know, but it was like on a dark road in the middle of the road. Like it's just appalling. Like like he ran out of gas, his secret boyfriend picked him up Mm -hmm. and then they, that's where it's unclear. Okay. It's like, why, so Stephen, the gay Stephen, call is having a relationship with Buster. They whatever it's in the closet. Then Stephen runs out of gas on the road. He calls his boyfriend Buster and is like, "Come get me." And then Buster and a friend are leaving softball practice or whatever the Uh-oh. fuck. Oh, there you that's go. Gay. Yeah, that's lesbian of them. <laughs> so then they pick up Stephen, and that's where we go. Okay, did he and his friend? 
rape Steven and then kill him? Did they, you know, or did, was Steven in the car? Sometimes that kid was really loud and didn't care and wanted to. He did not care. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he really didn't think you got. I ha- He didn't read the room. He didn't read the room. <laughs> he never read the room. And I think, you know, it, it, I do have this feeling that he, I don't know if it would have been in that car or he said something before, like, I'm going to tell everyone and I don't want to be silenced. And I don't, yeah. you know, I don't want anyone keeping me down and I want to be free and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, nope. You got to go. And so I'm wondering if Buster and the friend just that that call was like an was like the for them. Had they been mm-hmm. planning it? And he was like, oh, my God, he's calling. Let's just go do it now. I don't know. I mean, this is the same person, Buster, who uh, like plagiarized or something or like he cheated uh, in, like in law school. I mean, this is like they're all diabolical people. Diabolical. No, and yeah. then what's the theory on the mom and the brother that they were hunted down by alec murdoch with a gun this is what i think okay oh well i'll tell you my opinion and i'll tell you jody the fbi agent uh jody thinks that the the oxy problem was spiraling and that maggie found out about all of the the financial issues and was going to divorce him and he just freaked out he was like no 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 no. i think there's an element of family annihilation here Family annihilation are cases where the father seemingly out of nowhere kills members of the family. And it's usually one of like a couple reasons. It's financial. One of them is dishonor. Like you see that a lot in other countries where it's like, you know, the wife like, um, you know, kissed somebody who wasn't appropriate. Now everybody has to die. Like it's very extreme cases. Shanann Watts, remember the father that killed the two kids? Yeah, like that's a yeah. family annihilation case. The father from Unsolved Mysteries, the Frenchman, uh, Xavier de Lijonet, who killed his wife and kids and rolled them up and put them under yeah, the porch. Yeah, did they try to <sighs> act like he didn't do that? Well, kind they're of? like, no, they knew he did it. They just don't know if he went into the woods and killed himself or he is like started yeah. a new life somewhere else went in the world. Went out that's to the right. boat. Yeah. That was so, intense. I think this is a case of family annihilation based on the dishonor part. Like for him, his whole family has been the preeminent, you know, family of that county. And now you have a son that's for sure going to prison for murdering somebody. I think he was like the disgrace for our family and what my wife is going to feel with her son in jail for murder and my pill popping problem and our financial issues. Like I just need to take them out so they can't, they don't have to suffer through it. Cause that's the mind of the family annihilator is like, I'm actually doing them a favor by taking them out of this world to suffer embarrassment by murdering them. That's the way they think. Do you think that he would have then eventually killed Buster had he not been caught? I think so. Mm, mm-hmm. Because he, he, he arranged it for someone to shoot him. Yeah. And was he really trying to get shot or was he trying to like frame that guy or make No, him- I think he was trying to get shot, but I think he hired a rinky dink guy. He was like, Oh, he's probably drunk. He's like, I fucking called you to like kill me, and now I gotta like <laughs> raise blood on my head and like what the fuck? So like, he wanted to be shot, so he didn't even seem dishonored. Because if he killed himself, yeah. he's gonna dishonor forever. Correct. Okay. Yep. Buster alive? Why not kill Buster first and then do that? It's weird. I also think Buster's like I'm gonna stay away from you for a hot minute because you like <laughs> yeah I don't know stuff's going south. I don't know, but then again, they went drinking together, so who knows. Are we ever going to find out or is it going to be like two shallow graves and I want to slap somebody? (laughs) 
I know. I'll probably find out. You know what I think? I think that this guy is so obnoxious. He's going to talk in jail. Mm. That's now true. That could be. Like, sounds, a lot of the, yeah. like a lot of these crazy people in jail are like, I'm going to I'm going to write my own. Bi- I'm going to write a biography. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to write my story. And it's like, OK. And then, by the way, you never even know if any of it's true because they're all nuts. Do we have any feeling as to what's going to happen to the law firm? Like, are we going, is it going to be exposed as like the firm, Tom Cruise running around? Is it going to be like, because I imagine that they're all corrupt in there. I'm sure they all are corrupt and they should be shitting their pants. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's probably more. You're you're not going to tell me that he's been pulling this for like decades and you didn't pay attention. Yeah. What, what did he get? Did he got life in prison without parole? He has two consecutive life sentences. But but that's just for the murders. He was going to face because people were worried it was going to be hung jury, and I did too. And but when when that when the concern was there, people would say, "Well, he's still facing prison time because of all the financial stuff." So he's never coming out of jail ever. Well, Kate. So yeah. before we let you go, what what should we be watching? I know oh you have god, you have so the much. list. Oh my god. No, okay. So you're going to watch the Murdoch stuff. Okay. There are a couple things I want you to watch. And I don't know if you have time for this, but I feel like you can make time for it, okay. especially after I describe it. Okay. Hulu series called Stolen Youth Inside the Cold at Sarah Lawrence. Oh, I already you watched it. That? Okay. Wait, you've already watched that, but did you watch Vatican Girl on Netflix? No. no. Oh my god. Okay. Vatican Girl. So this girl is gro- grows up in Vatican City where the people that live in Vatican City work for the Vatican. Mm-hmm. And they're protected in, in um, you know, by certain laws because they're within the, the confines of Vatican City. She goes to a, it's the 1980s. Her name's Emanuela. She's one of four, uh, five kids, four girls and a boy. She's going to a flute lesson. Uh-oh. On her way to the flute lesson, someone like stops her and goes, "Hey," apparently asked her, "Like, would you like to sell Avon makeup?" She goes to the flute lesson, calls her family, and is like, oh, "I'm going to come back." Um, but somebody stopped me and asked me if I wanted to sell Avon. And they're like, okay, whatever. Um, she never comes home. She's never been seen ever again. At one point, um, someone calls her parents. And they're like, we have Emanuela. And the police like recorded it. And it's a girl. And she's, she's saying the name of her um, school. So there were some things where like, that could be her. Because they seem to know the information. Um, tw- like 12... I think 12 days after she disappears, Pope John Paul gives a speech and he says something like, and to the people who took Emanuela, well, that was the first time anybody had gone, wait, she was taken? Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, do you know something? So she does totally disappeared off the face of her and it became an international story. What makes this story absolutely bonkers crazy? One, a, a former classmate said in the week before she disappeared, something like she was trying to tell me that something happened with the priest maybe like he raped her or something but do you remember when there were documents that were called the vati leaks vatican documents that were leaked no okay so that happened and there was this reporter that for decades has been covering this emanuela disappearance like how could a girl within vatican city disappear and like no no one's following up and the family's been relentless trying to get answers well he gets a call from a guy and he goes, meet me at this bar. I have something to show you. So he goes to the bar and the person passes across the bar, a manila folder. And, and he, so he gets it. He leaves, he goes back home, gets to his apartment and he opens it. And it's the Vatican documents that were part of the leak. And there were about 10 pages that were expenses for Emanuela. 
after she disappeared and there was an address where she was being um like where she was living and it was like expenses like food and 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 um you know room and board kind of thing so he tracks down the address and it's some home in england run by the catholic church for girls so the question is why was she sent there is she still alive where is emanuela now so it's called Vatican Girl. It's like four episodes. You're screaming at the TV. Okay, MH370 is on Netflix on Wednesday. You're going to lose your goddamn minds when you watch that. Then I kind of feel like you're going to like this one on FX Hulu on Friday. It's called Sin Eater, and it's about Anthony Pelicano. Remember, he was the private investigator that um, worked with the big-time lawyers in L.A., and he would like uh, – yes. I read, I read a full Vanity Fair, like yeah. I saved it. I ripped it out of the Vanity Fair. It's like, of course, 20 pages and it's like from mm-hmm. 2004. That fucking guy is so fascinating. Because he's out of jail now, so he's telling. So let's see what he says. Okay, so that's FX. That's a New York Times Presents mm. documentary. They do a great job. And then the other thing I mentioned to you earlier is on Peacock and that comes out Friday too. It's called Who Killed Robert Wone? And that is about the the murder of this Asian attorney, age 32 in D.C., like a very successful attorney who went to visit his three friends in their brownstone in D.C. and was found stabbed. And there's reason to believe that these three men may have been involved. It looks like he was injected with something. Mm. And they show the police show up to the house and they're all in these crisp white robes as if they had all just showered. And they're like, we don't know what's going on, like, in our, our friend's in the guest room, and he's dead. And they go in, and he's completely already bled out. There's almost no blood anywhere. But he was stabbed. And so the police, uh, I started to watch it, and they're just like, this is the most confounding case. And I see parallels between that and the Idaho murder case, too. Which, by the way, if anybody's wa- uh, following that Idaho murder case, I, I cover that all the time on my show, too. Mm. Oh, they're obsessed so that's yeah. you're the perfect place to go. Tell our 14 listeners how they can hear your Idaho takes. Also, I want them to know like Kate gets all of the the get interviews, deep dives, anything you could want. It's absolutely the place to go if you love watching TV, you love reality. Reality Life with Kate Casey, wherever you listen to podcasts. I have my must-watch list every Monday. You can get it at katecasey.substack.com. It's free. It comes to your email every Monday and it just tells you this is what you should waste your time on this week. Um, Instagram at KKCCA, Twitter at KKC, TikTok, it's KKC. Thank you, Kate. We love you. Uh, Back at (laughs) you. Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans and the ignorant Facebook Fox News army that follows them. She hates doing it because it's damn near impossible to find an uplifting story to end the show on a positive note when half the country are mind-controlled members of a morally bankrupt right-wing cult And the rest of us are whiny, entitled virtue signalers who are too busy keyboard fighting with our own side to win the war. The whole thing is draining and exhausting and quite frankly depressing. 
Um, all right. So as Brandy and I are sitting today, I got real depressed. And there were only two things that made me feel a little better. One was hearing America's number one chicken hawk fucker, USA grade pure antichrist and comedian, Donald Trump, call Ron DeSantis. <laughs> what a great stand up. Prolific stand up. <laughs> Prolific. He called Ron DeSantis <laughs> Meatball Ron. I mean, say what you want about Trump, but the motherfucker is funny. <laughs> Meatball Ron. Now, Disney, if you're listening, move out of Florida and destroy the entire state's economy so Meatball Ron will go choke on a bag of meatball dicks. It's definitely one of your better ideas. Thank you. Disney could at least threaten mm -hmm. Florida and Ron DeSantis that they would move because piece by piece, we know that they can move. One million percent. Just dismantle those roller coasters and move them, them like on. a carnival yep. for tools. Yeah. <laughs> now, I also have to admit Trump destroying the Republican Party from the inside out is also a little delightful. But the other thing that made me feel all warm and nice inside was yet another sweet, sweet kiss from Gavin Newsom. California's been getting pummeled this last month with snow, hail, flooding, rain, and yet we still can't get out of the drought or fix the water supply. But one thing the Newsom man can do is say... <laughs> the Newsom man. What's that from? That's like, that's got to be from a Western or something. Yeah, it's like something. the Marlboro man yeah. or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> All, but, well, what he can do is say, fuck you to anyone trying to come for our motherfucking rights. If Florida is where woke goes to die, California is where we are wide awake, honey. This is where we come to wake up. Mm -hmm. You want to wake up? That's right. Wake come up. To California. Time's up. Fuck off. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> now, even though I'm tired all the time and I'm pretty sure I have mercury poisoning, fibroids, and I'm dying a slow, weird death, I'll tell you this. What won't happen in California is you won't be taking our abortion away, which is just another word for rights. I'm scrolling around, complaining I can't find anything. Can't just make meatball Ron the so there's that. And then, of course, from out of the shadows comes this. We're done. Governor Newsom says he won't do business with Walgreens over abortion pill stance. So what happened is this. Walgreens on Thursday announced it would not distribute Mifipristone. I can't say it. Mifipristone. The morning after pill? Basically. One of two drugs typically used to induce a medicated abortion. So in 20 states, weeks after receiving a warning from those states' attorneys general that such sales would violate the state's abortion laws, guess what fucking the news did? Quote on Twitter. This is his tweet. California won't be doing business with Walgreens or any company that cowers to the extremists and puts women's lives at risk. Newsom has vowed to make California a safe haven for those seeking abortion from states where abortion prohibitions were enacted following the fucking stupid Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. Okay, a letter dated February 1st from Republican Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey, whatever, 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 he fucking did a thing. He wrote a thing. He said, we don't want those pills. You can't have them. That was like the first thing to go. And all these governors signed the letter. Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, blah, 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 blah. They said they don't want to distribute the morning after pill, right? Correct. Okay. So then here comes California being like, wait Send a them minute. them all here. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'll take exactly. one just for fun. That's exactly, that's right. So then this bitch, I don't think medication like that should be given out without a prescription and just over the counter or even in a place like CVS or Walgreens. I think it's dangerous. This is this, I'm not even going to say her name, executive director of pro-life bullshit, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, you dumb Fuck fucking her. bitch. Fuck her, dude. <laughs> and it's just so embarrassing that it has to be 
these women who are the most guilty in this abortion fight, like the men hold our heads underwater and the women stand by the door. The women are all the Brent Kavanaugh's in this. It's so gross and disturbing Brett. and sad and disturbing. I know. Oh, like <laughs> so you just purposely called him Brent. I like calling him Brent. <laughs> <laughs> but the bright spot is we really get to see men's true colors here and the ones who really deserve a pat on the back. And our boy Gav, ugh, even with his used salesman hair, really does have our backs. Basically... If you have Medicaid or covered California, such as myself in the state of California, you will no longer be connected to Walgreens. So you can go on your own if you want to. But if you use the state in any way, in any connection with your health care or your pill popping, Walgreens is off the table. So thank you, Governor Newsom. So that basically he he made it so that whatever it, now CVS hasn't said what they're going to do yet. Right. But. You know, the state mandated or federally funded, you know, fucking insurance programs, mm -hmm. which for us is like Medicare and Covered California. Right. Those are the two mm -hmm. that were previously using Walgreens. Any pharmacy that says they're not going to carry the morning after pill, Gavin Newsom is going to cancel their co contracts. Yep. And there's, these are huge, huge, huge contracts. Think mm -hmm. like Dick Cheney and Halliburton over in fucking Iraq. And, you know, there's a Walgreens on every corner and whatever. And I do think this is, even though it's not the biggest thing in the world, it is really very, I think, very important. I am so happy that Gavin Newsom is doing something to make us feel taken care of, even if it's a small step. And also, hopefully, Walgreens and any other pieces of shit who want to fuck with women's lives will see that we will make it hurt for them where it really counts, and that's their money. Since we can't go Lorena Bobbitt on half this world, we will have to settle with the small acts of kindness and fightness that serve as a gesture and moment of action that keep us all going. Once again, California leads the way. I am so proud of him and the action he's taking on our behalf. Let's all stop going to Walgreens. We should be going to mom and pop pharmacies anyway from now on. And if you live in a state where abortion is legal, buy out all the pills and we'll start an abortion underground railroad. So there's that. That's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening to our stupid podcast. If you're new here and you like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics, please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. Our Patreon podcasts are completely different than this one. We do two a week, every week. There's no politics, no ads, no structure, and no rules. It's just supposed to be funny and fun. So if this is too much for you, you're feeling like triggered or <laughs> you feel like it's just you know, not what you want, just go over there. I mean, you're probably going to get triggered there too, but at least it's not about <laughs> politics or, you know, it's an intense subject in general. So you, we yeah. get it. We totally get it. Come escape with us at the Patreon. <laughs> you get one podcast a week for $1 and two podcasts a week for $2. And when you sign up, you will immediately get access to hundreds of hours of timeless back podcasts. There's a list pinned to the top of the feed of all of our most popular episodes, so you'll know right where to go. There's a link to a free episode in the description below this podcast, or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com. And there's a button on every page that says, click to listen to our free Patreon episode. You can listen to the whole hour 
right there from your phone or computer. You don't have to download anything or sign up for anything. It's super easy. And I think that, or we think that you're going to have fun. You know what yeah. I mean? We really do. There's something for everyone or there's nothing for anyone <laughs> or whatever the saying is. I don't know. Both. Both. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Kay Casey. Kay Casey. How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man. By the light of day But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme And maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty grooving you want something visual that's not too abysmal we could take in an old steve reeves movie i'm glad we caught you at home could we use your phone we're both in a bit of a hurry right we'll just say where we are then go back to the car we don't want to be any worry well you got caught with a flat world how about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. Stay for the night. Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. A sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab And see what's on the slab I see you shiver with anticipation but maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> but not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs>